The gospel reading this morning is from St. John, chapter 6, verses 35 through 51. And it can be found in your pew Bible on page 1657. St. John, chapter 6, 35 through 51. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those that he has given me but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews there began to grumble about him because He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Jesus replied, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up that last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God, and everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. And very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. And yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. 
Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Powerful words. Got a little carried away in there, but there's no doubt about it who he says he is. And yet still there's people that doubt and say, well, did he really say who he was? Pretty emphatic. In fact, he ever, did you catch this part? He says, this is the will of the one who has sent me. I mean, if ever we were to listen, there it was. And yet, a lot of times in, in, in our fleshliness, we don't hear and we do wait for, okay, what must I do? And as I was listening to the epistle uh, letter there, boy, there was a whole lot of things to do, you know? Um, you know, as, as uh, we were listening to it, it was like, you know, be like Christ and, and, and build up and, and use words. That, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't do that very well. Yeah, I don't do that very well. Boy, that was a lot of to-dos. And then I, I got to thinking a little bit down. I went, well... Thanks be to God and Jesus Christ who did that perfect work on that cross that would save a wretched man like me. But men still want to do that. Ordinances, Melanchthon wrote this. He said, ordinances instituted as though they are necessary or with the view that they merit grace are contrary to the gospel. Ordinances, things that we do, things that we you know, particular uh, things that, that, that we might hold, high, uh, hold as highly powerful, full of grace, important. Unless it is Christ and him crucified, these ordinances, these certain ways, they should not, cannot, and are not uh, means of grace. And they are contrary to the gospel. And by the word, this is what Luther wrote. By the word, the spirit, the Holy Spirit works and promotes sanctification, causing this congregation daily to grow, to become strong in faith and its fruit which he produces. It's all about the spirit working in us. It's all about the faithful proclamation of the gospel. It's all about you hearing and having the gospel being done to you, for you. The bread from heaven given for you, to you. Reel us back into the first reading in Kings, first Kings. And Elijah, with a J, or I suppose it could be, you know, when we see Yahweh or uh Yeshua, so it might be Elijah, but I'm not going to get it's I'm not going to get us confused on that. But Elijah had kind of a bad day. Actually, he'd had a really good day. Uh, 450 prophets of Baal uh, were destroyed through God's power through him, and uh, Jezebel. We hear that word a lot through history. Generally, uh, you know, in, in, in more modern vernacular, a wicked woman, a bad girl, right? Was she so bad? 
I was curious. So I looked it up. Who was Jezebel? Well, she was a Phoenician princess. And it was a marriage uh, of convenience between her and, the, and Ahab, a prince of Israel. And so they would later become uh, co-rulers, uh, king and queen. Um, she brought with her some baggage. Uh, and that baggage was a host of little g-gods. Little g-gods, you know. And, and here we see again God's commandments wants us to set his people apart from the world, set them apart from the world, have no other gods but me. But uh, Jezebel, you know, brought in all of this this bad stuff, including worship of Baal. And um, uh, Ahab was weak. He just sort of put up with it. And the people that he was ruling over were not happy about it, but he didn't do the right thing, Jezebel. Boy, she was mad at Elijah, and she made a proclamation, and she was a woman that got things done, that may the gods deal with her so severely if Elijah is not dead like the rest of the prophets that our God took out. Now, Elijah had seen some real wonderful things from God, you know, provisions just contrary to how he thought and we think God works. At one point in time, um, he was fed by ravens. Do you remember that story in there? I think it's in the 15th chapter. But um, these dirty birds, you know, generally squawking birds, birds that are not a good Jewish boy's friend, were bringing him meat and bread twice a day. How contrary to, have you ever seen a raven come and bring you something? Usually they're taking stuff away. Oh, you have? Miss Jackie, you had one? Well, um, I haven't. Every time I've seen them, they're taking something. They're like the seagulls, too, you know. They don't share. You don't watch that stuff close enough, they're, and they're gone. But God used that. And, and here we see the scene. He's been traveling to get away, and he leaves his, uh, his, his companion and goes uh, another uh, few miles, and he, he, he goes underneath what they call a broom tree. And a broom tree um, is a, a type of juniper, and they can grow apparently from 3 feet to uh, 12 feet high. And as a kid, we had juniper bushes, and um, that was not a really good place to lie under. You know, it just, you didn't, you didn't, we built forts under there, but it was itchy and, and all that stuff. So this is not a pleasant place where he's sitting, and, and the conversation he has with the Lord is, just take me now. I'm done. Jezebel has called it. I'm as, just like my ancestors, as good as dead. Take me now. And... Uh, Funny thing is, is God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we ask him, right? Thank you, God, for not getting us, giving us what we ask. Take me now, he says. And he goes, no. <laughs> well, he didn't say no, but that was it. The, Elijah falls asleep, and lo and behold, an angel of the Lord, um, I think it's uh, safe to say of a, a Christophany. Uh, it, was, it was not a, a God-created angel. It was an angel of the Lord. Jesus showed up. And uh, tapped him on the side, and guess what? Here's some bread that's cooking and a jug of water. It sustains him. He eats. He falls asleep again. Same thing happens. Bread of life, water of life. That sustains him for 40 days and 40 nights afterwards. God sustained him the bread of life. The bread of life. The word came to him and fed him. 
Elijah needed God. Elijah needed Jesus, and Jesus showed up. You and I, we need Jesus, and Jesus shows up. We may not have a Jezebel or the Jezebel after us right now, but there is a form of Jezebel that's challenging us all right now that's threatening us, that's, that's stealing our happy, that maybe is, is shortening our lives or causing us misery. What is that Jezebel that is in your life right now? Are you sitting underneath a, a broom tree and thinking, you know what, the heck with this? Check, please. I want out. Lots of people do that. Elijah did it. It's not a lack of faith. If we do that, it's just being human. It's being in the flesh. It's worry. It leads us to the knowledge that we need a Savior to protect us against the Jezebel. And that's exactly what the angel of the Lord does for Elijah. That's exactly what the Son of God who came down does for us. When he's talking uh, in, from the gospel reading this morning, he makes some declaratives. He says, I'm, I, I am the bread of life. And, 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 and people may say, well, but I got a Jezebel after me. He says, no, I am the bread of life, and I'm here to do the Father's will. Yeah, but there's people after me, or there's a, there's a disease that's after me that's, that's, that's coming after me. There's, there's a relationship that can't be fixed. There's, there's, you name it. What is hurting you right now? What is, what is burdening you right now? And Jesus says, I have come to feed you. He says, I have come to do the will of my Father. What is the will of my Father? Not one of you will be snatched from my hand. Jezebel's scary, scary old broad, <laughs> right? Satan is a bad dude. Jesus says, I'm here. I'm the bread of life. I am the one that has come. I am the good shepherd. And you are mine. And he says that to you every single day. He said that to you when you were baptized in him. He said, you are, you are sealed by the Spirit and you are marked by the cross. You are mine. I have you in my hand. Now there's going to be a Jezebel that's going to come after you. There's going to be Satan and his minions that are going to be poking at you. But I am the one who will give you life, who gave you my body and shed my blood for you. I am the one that you need. I am here. And we know that. And yet, we are still afraid. Is that a lack of faith? No, it's not. Is it a lack of attendance at church? Um, no, but when we are in church together, we encourage each other. We hear the word. We hear the pastor uh, speak as forcefully as his voice will allow him. When, when, when Christ says, did you, did you see and hear that emphasis? I am 
the great I am. When we come to church, we are reminded of our baptism that, that, that imparted grace on us, that imparted the Holy Spirit in us, that, that, that secured us as his and everlasting life. You can't hear that too much. Well, I guess not because you say it every week, Pastor Ken. But it matters. Are you sitting under a broom bush? Remember your baptism. Do you have 450 prophets of Baal marching up the hill ready to take you out? Remember his promise of my body given, my blood shed for you. Do you, do you, do you have these feelings that are just so... Uh, overwhelming at times. Come and talk with me or with any of the brothers and sisters here in this church. Come and talk on a Tuesday at grief counseling. Come and talk in my office. You weren't meant to go alone. And I can't fix you. But I can encourage you. And I can point you to the one that already has fixed you. I can point you to the one that says you are mine and you are justified and you are sanctified and you are perfect in my eyes. The one that says it's going to be okay. That's why we come to church, to have that over and over again, not just, not just Pastor Ken you know, charging you up, but the scripture that we read, the best part of the whole service is when we read from the scripture. May the Lord give you eyes and ears and a heart that responds to the words that he has clearly written and given as a gift to us. May they comfort you. May they strengthen you. And may they give you courage when Jezebel is knocking on your door. In the name of Jesus, amen.